but welcome. Worship Encounter is happy to be here today. <clears throat> As your pastors are traveling the world, ministering to uh, those in Nepal and, and India, we are always happy to uh, come here and, and fill in for them. We'll be here for the next two weeks. I'll be here. The theme for the next two weeks, I just want you to get it in your mind. The theme is, it's time to sow. It's time to sow. So I want you to be thinking about that as you're going through your day, going through what I'm going to be speaking on, going through your week. Let's start with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we welcome you here. Holy Spirit, come have your way in this place. Lord, we pray that your presence would change us today, that you would have your way in, in any area of our life, that we are not uh, hearing from you. May you open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to your church today. Lord, may, be, may, may we be challenged to sow to sow into your, into your uh, kingdom, to sow into the lives of people around us, to see eternity in their hearts, not the temporary, not the things that may get us frustrated, but to see eternity in people. Lord, we, we, we welcome you here. We welcome you with worship. We welcome you with praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Singing, fill the air from the mountain. 
God, 
of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend, God Almighty. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called praise today. Yes, hallelujah. 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 It is good to be called the friend of God. To understand what that means to have a relationship with the Almighty. That because of faith, because of faith, the, 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 what faith is, is trusting what he says is true. And think about it in your own relationships. In your relationship with your closest uh, human being relationships. They understand when you say something, they can trust you. And you, being evil, how much more is the good, loving, perfect Heavenly Father? Isn't that amazing? That that, that guy, <laughs> that God is calling you friend. Woo. If that doesn't get you happy, even at 8.45 in the morning, then either you need more coffee or you need more of him. I would advise more of him. It is an amazing thing to have the God of all creation, the El Shaddai, the one that is anything and everything you've ever needed, the one is your provider, the one that is your friend, that he is here. That is an amazing thing that he has promised where two or three are gathered in his name. He's going to be there. He enjoys being with you. He enjoys presence. He enjoys presence. He's, he's built you for presence. Found in your hands fullness of joy every fear suddenly wiped away here in your presence all of my gains 
now fade away every crown no longer on display here in your presence heaven is trembling in all of your Glorious, matchless in it. 
stay in this moment right now. because you are worthy and we join with the angels and the elders all around your throne as we bound down with a new song continually we say holy 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 is a lamb who was and is and is to come and like it refers to in the song they continually bring a new song how is it so that it's a new song when they keep singing the same words is because the understanding becomes different. Thank you, Lord. 
we can sing the same song to him for all of eternity, but still find a new way to worship him from the inside to the outside because we understand him differently. And the Lord's been really speaking upon just our wholeheartedness to him. Where's your loyalty? And this is the continued worship that we offer him from the point of song to the point of living out our lives with our minds set on him. Father God, we come before you today and we release, we lay down, we let go of the idea of you. And we offer ourselves in amazement, in wonder, as we discover who you are. Jesus, the fullness. You fill the universe, Lord. And we don't have to figure you out. We get to discover you as you reveal yourself to us in your word, through your, through your fresh word of prophecy, through your presence. Here in your presence, everything is made new. That we don't have to already know all the aspects of God. When we look to our past, when we look to our future, we don't need to know already. We get to let that go. We get to say, God, you, please, Lord, God of the heavens, God who created the earth with your word, Jesus, the Lord of all the heavenly armies, would you reveal yourself to me? I humble myself to you. I humble my mind, my spirit, my soul, my will, my emotions to you. And I let go of the fact that I cannot grasp the completion of who you are because you are great and mighty and I am small. I am loved, I am known, but God, I am small compared to your worth, to your glory. I cannot even handle the weight of your glory. And that's why I get to give you all the glory. I'm not meant to carry it. Thank you, Lord that that weight is lifted off our shoulders in our humanness, that we get to just lay before you, just stay still, be still, be still and know that you are God. That in the future, our idea of you, God, is not truly you. It's simply our imagination of you, our projection of you. But God, we get to stay in this moment, be present here with you. Just like Pastor Robert said, our gift is our presence. His gift is his presence to us in the here and the now. Because maybe the Father, the good God who created the earth, who created each of us and knit us together in our mother's wombs, he knows that we cannot handle more and we are not created to handle more than just being here present 
with him. What a gift. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I will adore you. I will adore you. I choose to adore you. And every moment that I come across, in that moment, God, I will adore you. And that is my inheritance that I get to in I get to inherit the spirit and through the spirit give you back adoration, wonder, awe. Thank you, Lord. Let's be seated. I love that the spirit moves in all of us and it's the one in the same spirit. So right now, here where we are, pastors in Nepal, overseas, um, the people in Ukraine, they all, we all share the same spirit. Pastor Rob and his wonderful worship encounter team that blessed us this morning, we are one in the same spirit. And the Lord has been talking to me about loyalty for our congregation, our loyalty. We know how to be loyal. Brothers and sisters, we know how to be loyal. Sometimes it's to a person. Sometimes it's to a team, to an activity, to a hobby, to um, an idea, right? You look, you scroll up and down Facebook and you see what people are loyal to. We know how to be loyal. And the Lord's asking us this morning, do I have your wholehearted loyalty, son? daughter do I have it can I have it can I have more of your loyalty because he's worthy of all the honor and all the glory and he's worthy of all our loyalty that he can do what he wants to do wants to do what he desires to do without us questioning him because obedience is doing what he's asking us to do. Submission is choosing to trust him as we do it. And loyalty is honoring him, loving him, while we choose to quiet our mind and say, God, I will be still before you because you are God. And I will know in this moment that you are God. Because if the, if the angels and the elders around the throne continue, continually praise him and have new things to praise him for, why not us in this moment with our minds? Allow him to fill our minds to say, God, in this very moment, I don't know, but you do. And what you need me to know right now is that you are provider that you are judge, you are sovereign, you are good, you are commander of all the angels' armies, you are everything that I need, you are kind, you are merciful, you are gracious to me and to those I love. And so the Lord's asking, may I have a little bit more? Isn't he so good that he doesn't just ask for everything right away? He only continues to ask of what we're able and willing to give him in every moment. He, he doesn't say, I created you, so I deserve all of you right here, right now, though he does. 
What are you willing, what are you ready to give me today? He asks. So let's go ahead and pray together. Father God, this is our reasonable worship that we give you our minds, our will, our emotions, and we stay present here with you in every moment and we choose to adore you. We don't choose to just obey you like upset children, Lord, resistant but obedient. Lord, we don't just submit to you and just say, okay, whatever you want. But Lord, we are loyal to you. We defend you in our mind's eye, Lord, where we say, I cannot see. But Father God, I choose to believe. I choose to trust you because you've never failed me. And in the word, you've never failed your people. You gave them chance and chance and chance and chance again to turn towards you. So God, I choose to live out my spiritual life in my spirit. And I choose to believe you. I choose to trust you in something new, in a new level, in a new way because I cannot get enough of you, God. I'm in awe of you. I'm undone by you. That means I take apart all the things that I've built up, the idea of what you should be like, God, of what I should be like, God, what my life, my family should be like, my ministry should be like, God. And I say, God, I am here, right here, right now, and I bow to you as you reveal yourself to me in the way that you see fit. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are, that we can trust you wholeheartedly. We don't need to know what you're doing. We don't need an itinerary. We could just say, God, you've got it, and you've got all of me. You've got that little bit more of me that I'm able to give you this morning. And Lord, help me to give you more. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Lord. It's so good to see you this morning. Uh, we have a quick video from Pastors David and Pastor Lynn in Nepal with Kieran and her husband Samuel, I believe is his name. So crossroads. This is uh, we're in Nepal right now. We've had a great time so far. Uh, we're having a wonderful time with our dear sister Kieran and her husband Samuel, and they just want to greet you. Hello, I'm Kieran, and uh, we love you and we pray for you. Thank you. Hello, Jamesy, and this is Samuel here, and uh, many love and greetings from uh, Nepal. So we love you and miss you, and we thank you for your support, and we're having a great time here, and we'll see you when we get back. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Aren't you guys glad to be a part of, of what's going on over there? Yeah. If you're in this house, you are a part of what is going on. You're sowing into it. You're offering in, in your blessings. You're part of it. Amen. Yep. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Um, we just want to welcome everybody. 
any first-time visitors. You guys all look familiar to me. I don't know if I see any first-time, but if you are, welcome. Um, there's a, a card behind the pews if you fill that out with your info um, to, so you guys know what's going on. If you want to get connected, we got lots of things going on in this house, as you can see. Amen. Yep. Um, Wednesday nights, we have our, our connection Crossroads Connect Night, and that's when our men, our women, our children get together. <clears throat> There's all sorts of things going on. The youth, they got the women's hike, amen? And for women that like to take a hike and, and like to get out and get some exercise, but also connect with other women and fellowship with other women, build relationships with them, amen? That's what we're about in this house, amen? That's what, that's what it's about, connecting with others, um, also, we have um, our Spotify listening online. If you missed a sermon and you want to go back and you want to hear another sermon, um, that's also there. Just go into whatever you listen to, whatever you have, and search Crossroads, and you'll find all the sermons there. Um, also, please continue to pray for our, our, for Ukraine also, I was going to say for our pastors and everybody overseas, and also for Ukraine, amen, for the situation going on over there. It's important as Christians that we pray for our nation and pray for the world, pray for what's going on, pray that God would restore his government, amen, pray that God would, godly people would rise up, godly people would take position throughout the world, amen, and pray for peace, and also, like I said, for our pastors, for our team that's over there, I know God is doing amazing things over there. There's um, lots, of, lots of ministry, lots of salvations, lots of healing going on, taking place over there. So continue to pray for them. They need all your prayers. I know um, just, you know, my, uh, my parents reaching out to me, and it's been long journeys, long, long journeys, over 20-some-hour journeys, um, but... It's for a purpose. That's right. You know, there's something greater when you deny yourself for his kingdom. Amen. God honors that. God sees that. Amen. And that's going to lead me into our, our tithes and offerings. Amen. And like I said, aren't you glad to be a part of what is going on? But not just there, because we give globally. Amen. Like Pastor likes to say, we're a local church. Globally and local. Amen. And this church, as though we may look at it and, and see look, like the size and numbers, and we're not a big church. But guess what? We give big. That's right. We give big. And God, God blesses big. Amen. Right. Throughout this church. So we just want to pray for that. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're doing, Father, because we know, Father God, that you're not done. We know that we've barely seen the beginning, Father God, of what you can do. And Lord, we ask, Father God, that you would just have your way, Father God, with this, um, with this offering, Father. Lord, that whatever, Father God, wherever it goes to, Father, the things, the people that we cannot see, that we cannot uh, uh, reach our, on our own, Father God, this can go out through, throughout the world, Father God, and do what you need it to, Father. So Lord, we just ask your blessings over this, in Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath. 
breath that I take Every moment I'm awake Lord, have your way in me Lord, I give you my heart I give you my soul I live for you alone Every breath that I take Every moment I'm awake Lord, have your way in me Praise the Lord Thank you, Pastor Robert I would like to welcome Pastor Robert up to preach for us this morning. He has a two-part series that he's going to start this week and continue next week. Um, so don't miss out next week as well. Um, and tell your friends about it. Welcome, welcome and invite um, your friends to come and um, be encouraged by his word. His sermon this morning is called, It Is Time to Sow. So... Let's hear more about that. Give him a hand. Thanks, Pastor Rebecca. <clears throat> well, it is good to be here. Um, let me just rearrange myself here a bit. Uh, how you all doing? You good? I'm not talking about finances today, so you can all just like, whoo. That might be next week. He, 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 he. You never know. Because here's the part where um, it's time to sow. Uh, so Worship Encounter, if you, if you did not know, uh, we, we meet on a weekly basis uh, together, and we post uh, sermons online on Monday nights uh, on YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, so if you subscribe to our YouTube page, you'll get the notifications. Um, and we have been, since the beginning of the year, we've been focused on a theme called The Great Adventure of God's Will. Uh, and, and the focus of that theme is, is based on uh, some, the idea of, of God's will um, when we, we talk about that phrase, what's God's will? You know, it's a woo, spooky. You know, it's kind of like this whole thing of this mystery. But the, the part here is there's four fundamental truths that we've, been, we've, we've established um, based on Scripture. So I'm not just making this up. I'm not that good. I actually use Scripture to prove out God's will, which is shocking. You know, you might want to use the Word of God to figure out what God wants to do. Um, but there are four fundamental truths. The first truth of that is that God's will is based on God's character. God's will is based on God's character. So, does God want to reveal himself to us? Is his character one that he stays hidden from us or he reveals himself to us? Answer, he's a revealer, right? That's why we have the book of Revelation. It isn't the revelation of John. It is the revelation of Jesus. He was the revelator. 
We get that mixed up sometimes. John was just the receiver of revelation. We are the receivers of revelation. He is the revealer. So if his character says, I reveal myself to you, isn't it not then true that if his will is based on his character, that he actually wants to reveal his will to you as well? Whoa. See, here's what I thought. I don't know if you're the same as me, but I always like to think people are like me. We all do. I either thought God's will was one of two things. Burdensome. Like everybody would say it's like basically a rules based of do's and don'ts. Like, and then you just like feel like you're like this and you're getting weighed down and it's God's will for me not to chew gum in church. You know, like it was just like every rule that you could figure out and this, this, this just oppression kind of worked on us and we would come to church not with a joyful celebration but with a, oh no, what am I going to get, you know, I'm going to have to go down to the altar to repent about something today. And it's just this oppression and that burdensome. And then the other part, the other side of that I thought about God's will was it is some mystery that never could be like attained. What is God's will? And, and uh, my, my brother-in-law, uh, Russ, he, he always has this phrase that um, we actually love in our, in our family. It's, it's, God's got a plan, and I don't know what it is. That's a, he's, he's said that for since I've known him. God's got a plan, I don't know what it is. That is almost what we feel like about God's will. It's like, God's got a will? Not sure what it is. But here's the part that leads me to, it's based on his character. So, how do we get to know his character? Through relationship. How do you get to know his will? Through relationship. So, the same that is true of God in his character that he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving to the nth generation, is true of his will. His will is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving. So you can't just disregard and say, see ya, I don't understand your will. I, I, I must have just done something wrong because you don't care about me no more. That's not our God. God's character says he's gracious and compassionate. So therefore, his will does not change for you. He is, not, he is the, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And therefore, if he's the same yesterday, today, forever, his will for you does not change based on you. How, how do you think? I mean, like, do you think you're that powerful to be able to change the will of God? The God who spoke the world to, in, into existence because he wanted to. He didn't have to. He wanted to. So it's based on his character. His will is based on his character. Second thing, the fundamental truth about his will is that it is something 
that is learned over time. It is not some one-time impartation. You come to know Christ, you come into a relationship, and then all of a sudden, every, I know everything God wants to do. Now, there are sometimes, maybe some of us who were back in the day when we've, it's been a while since we came to know Christ, like that first couple weeks, we felt like we, we knew everything that God ever wanted to do. And then we got wise and realized how foolish we were. Because that same God is infinite. And we are so finite. And therefore, we have got to learn his will. You can look that up in in Ephesians chapter 5. The third truth is that he empowers us to do his will. Wait a second. The God who actually... It's based on his character. It's for our good. We have to learn it, but he also enables us to do his will? That, that's kind of like a teacher giving you a test and then sitting down with you and helping you with the answers. Like We all would have been really good students if that were the case. But the Holy Spirit is the deposit in each one of us, and he is the one that actually enables us to do God's will. So it is an amazing thing, this great adventure of God's will. Not only is it based on his character, not only is it something we learn over time, but he enables us to actually do his will. And the fourth truth of this, this great adventure we're on, is that his will is something to be explored and tested. Explored and tested. It's Romans chapter 12. Romans 12 says that we are able, when we renew our minds, we are able to test and approve his will. This isn't... Like, oh yeah, I think I like your will, God, you get an A. That's not what he's saying. It's test, meaning, is this his will or is this his will? How many of you ever been in a situation where you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this or I'm supposed to do that? I have. And I just, back in when I had some of those decisions, I wish I knew what I knew now that I've been studying around this whole area because there's one little key about all of it. Most of the time, like 99.99999% of the time, actually, I'm going to go all the way up to 100%. 100% of the time, God's will is something you cannot do on your own. So, when you look at two situations and you go, can I do this one on my own? Or can I do this one on my own? That's a really good test to say, ah, I can now identify is a better word to use than approve. I can identify God's will. Because here's the thing. We're mixed up. We got, we got this new, new self which is called spirit, 
We were born of the Spirit. Read John chapter 3. And we have this old self, which is this flesh. I don't even like the word flesh. Lately, it's just feeling like I'm a little bit too fleshy, you know, a little extra. But here's the thing. It kind of gets you that, that like, ew, ew. But that's, I want you to identify your old self as ew, okay? The reason why is because that old self is all about wanting to promote that self above everything. No matter how caring that self could be, it has not the ability to say, I will decrease and you can increase. Self always is going to protect itself. But that self is what we've been battling. And so when we're trying to identify God's will, we're identifying it based on having a little bit of self in us still. Because that part of us is what kind of keeps us dragging it back and we struggle with that sin and struggle with all that. We're, we're as the scriptures say, we're being made perfect. We are perfect in the sense of our position in Christ, but we haven't gotten to the, the end result. As one of my professors said, it's the already but not yet of the kingdom of God. We are already made perfect because of our position in Christ. But we still have the journey to get there. And we're all on that journey. And, the, and because we're on that journey, we have to figure out, well, what's, what's God's will? And he says we can test and approve God's will. Well, part of God's will is, is part of how he re revealed it in his character, and his character was revealed in his creation. Romans chapter 1 tells us that we can identify God based on his creation. And I want to show you something that actually creation shows us about God's will. It's, it's, it's found on the third day of creation. It, if you didn't know, creation uh, story is found in Genesis 1. I don't know how many times you've actually studied this, if it's been since you were a child. I always loved the story of creation and making the little, you know, days of creation, little spin thing. And they're like, you know, that was so cool. I still want to do it. I should probably just, let's all just do that. Let's get some crayons. Okay. But in the, in the third day of creation, remember, God's creation reveals his character. God's character reveals is, is the same as his will. Okay. Let me, let me read you what happens on day three. Day three, God said, let there be light, or let there be water, excuse me, under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and, the, and gathered the waters, and called, the, called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, this is the key, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation. Plants, bear, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in according, uh, according to their kinds. 
And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and morning on that third day. Notice a truth that happens here. God actually establishes a principle on that third day. And he continues that principle on the fourth day. That third day, that principle is this. Seeds in order to sow, in order to bear fruit. The principle was set all the way from the beginning. God did not say there is some other way to do this. He said, I am establishing a principle. In order for us to get more trees, seeds have to be planted. And they produce after their kind. The principle was established. On day four, the principle actually um, modifies or grows a bit, and he adds to it seasons. So we have a tree that bears fruit in its season. Now, I, I would always say, like, <clears throat> back in the day when I was, I was young, we had an apricot tree. I always loved apricot cobbler. I was a little chubby boy. My my mom that was like my mom does not like to cook. If you know my mom does she doesn't like to cook. And that was the one thing she would bake. But as a chubby little boy, there were times when the apricots were ready and there were times when they weren't. Now, that didn't mean that the times that there weren't, that's, I didn't want apricot cobbler. I wanted it then, too. But I had to wait for the season so that the fruit could be harvested. And I was willing to harvest that fruit, by the way, because I knew what the result would be. That is the, the principle of seeds and seasons. Of seeds and seasons. Now, it's not just about fruit trees and cobblers, although I am now wanting to have a cobbler. It also is found when it's in, in the sixth day, at the end of the sixth day, he establishes the same principle for his special creation. The one creation that was based on after his kind, in his image. And it says in verse 26, it says, Then God said, let us make humanity in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the, all of the earth, and over all the creation that, that move along the ground. And in verse 28, it said, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase and multiply. Be fruitful. So the seed he gave to humanity and said, be fruitful and multiply. But that seed is not just about 
reproducing self, humans. It wasn't about just reproduction. That seeds and seasons, we were a complex people. We were like him. So when we were to have the seed in us, we actually had the seed of him in us. So yes, we were to reproduce, but we were also to produce him. Ooh. Did that just like, boom, like, wow. I thought creation was about like six days and there was this little thing and I spun the wheel and I got to see and then God rested. That sixth day, the special creation was in his image. And he produced in us the ability to reproduce him in seasons. Now, if you're um, into, well, for some of you it might be modern music, but it might be old music for some other people. And for my son, it's probably like ancient music. But um, the birds actually uh, sang a song called Turn, 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 to every season, turn, 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 yeah. I was listening to it yesterday. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I wanted to get some shaded sunglasses and just like, whoa, this is cool. Give me some rose-colored glasses. I'm all good. But here's, here's the thing. That's actually out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's exactly, it's actually almost verbatim. And when they, when that's, that Ecclesiastes actually talks about seasons for everything, meaning that there are seasons for good fruits springing up, but that also means that there are seasons where we harvest the bad too. Because here's what Galatians chapter 5 says. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A person reaps what they sow. God established this truth for all of creation. A person reaps what you sow. And in Galatians, it starts, he says, okay, now I'm going to talk to you about sowing to the flesh, or I'm going to talk to you about sowing to the spirits. And that self-nature versus spirit nature. But here's where I, wanna, I wanted you to get this in your mind. So this whole principle lays the foundation that it is God's will for you to sow and reap. It is God's will for you to sow and reap. And so God's message to you today is this. It's time to sow. It's time to sow. Today we're going to have our foundational scripture in Matthew chapter 13. This is a parable of the sower. The parable of the sower, Jesus tells things in parables to make it understood Simple to understand, connecting the dots. In Matthew chapter 13, he tells a parable 
of the sower. And I want to read this parable, the, the first part of it. Jesus is actually nice enough to explain the parable a little bit later, and we'll get to that. But in this, it says, um, so let me just start by reading. It says, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. You know, I, I, you know that was the first modern-day microphone. You get why? Because if you have the the ocean, the wind blowing this way off of the thing, you actually project, your voice projects to the crowd. Now, I have a loud voice. I was noticing that when I was talking to my neighbor yesterday. He was only across the street, and I, I almost felt like he was going to go like this. I'm like, I didn't know I was that loud, but I, I got a little loud voice. But to talk about, like, to thousands of people, that's, like, booming voice. And you have to have, and Jesus was smart enough to have his own microphone. He created it. Ha. Did you get that? Boy, that was a good, you know what? I'm going to have to use that one again. Remember that one. You like that one. That was good. I know. I, you know. Hey. Boy, I like my own jokes. <clears throat> I have a good one about Marty Mushroom. I'll tell you it later. Um, <clears throat> Then he told them many things in the parable, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. Now, I just want to tell you something about this farmer. This farmer and me got lots of, in common. Look at what he does. <clears throat> As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. <clears throat> but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Another other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and were choked. Um, and were choked. Still others' seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what it was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. That, that farmer and I got a lot in common. You know, have you ever done the weed, um, weed killer stuff that's in that little thing? It's, it's kind of cool. You put this stuff in this, this spreader. And you go like this, and like all of it just starts spreading around everywhere. It's like, ooh. There's no precision in it. Like you have one weed there, and you're like, whoa, and all of this stuff is just spreading everywhere. That's me. I spread, like I am not precise about anything when it comes to like gardening. It's just more like volume matters, right? The more seed you throw, the more likely you're going to get a result. Which is actually not true, but that's the way I do it. I've never really successfully grew anything in my life. I tried to plant a tree, a lemon tree. I, I think I got thorns the size of the ones that Jesus had in his thing. I could have done that tree, but I could not. I had one lemon total. You know what happened to that tree? Gardener Rob got angry. 
because it wouldn't produce fruit. And so similar to what Jesus did to the fig tree, that tree ain't no more because I didn't like it. It didn't give me a lemon. It gave me thorns and gave me like, like sharp old things. Like, ow. So I got angry. Just telling you. It's a little confession. It's okay. Group therapy. Except it's only one-sided right now. Okay, it's just me to you. Here's the thing that this farmer, he actually, he actually just starts spreading seeds around. And some of it just didn't take at all. In fact, it hit the ground. The birds thought it was their food. And boom, gone. And then he goes in this other part. He says, like, yeah, I throw, throw some over here in this rocky kind of stuff. And it's got little soil, but not, not a lot. But, and guess what? Boom, took, but then nothing. Like, if you've ever seen, like, if you don't give any water to, to living things, they shrivel. Talk to your pastor, Lynn, about the bird situation that happened when they were house-sitting for uh, a, a person in our church. If you don't give water to living things, bad things happen. That's, she needs to confess about the bird. And Sue needs to confess as well. But... I'm just telling. This is the part that I love coming to my, my siblings' churches. I can tell you all about them. It's always good. All good. But so you have this, you have this like no water, but done. Then you have this other one where it's like, hey, yeah, it's ground. Yeah, there's these plants already there. I'm not sure what they are, but let's just throw more seed over there. See if it'll survive. And then there's this part where it was cultivated good soil. And I kind of wonder where that came from. Like, did the farmer just go, like, go out, out his door with a bunch of seed and just, like, start throwing stuff? Yeah, hey, throw seed. Somebody had to have prepped the soil. Did he do it? I don't know. Maybe. But at this point, you got all the seed and everything happens. Now, the nice thing about Jesus, he actually gives us the answer to all of this. And this is the seed we're going to talk about today. It's time to sow the seeds of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's time to sow the seeds of the good news of Jesus Christ. In verse 18, he gives us the the way to discern this parable. He says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Anyone who hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, that for, the, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. See, notice what happens in this, this, first, this first seed sowing. It was along the path. The enemy comes and snatches it away. Why? Nothing was prepared. The seed had nowhere to go. 
Have you seen a path? It's hard. If you're a golfer, you actually get to take leave of the path. If your ball lands and it stops on it, you actually get to move it because it could break your club. There's nowhere to go. Here's the part that I'm trying to get you to understand. Jesus was saying there, you don't just throw seed. You got to prep the ground. And the part here that he's saying to, to all of us when we are the sowers of this good news of Jesus Christ is the enemy is always ready to sw- come in and take the seed. He is always ready to come. So if you are going to complicate the message of Jesus Christ, the enemy will be able to come into that path and take it. The, the way I would say this is keep it simple. Do you actually, when you sow seeds, do you keep it simple? Or do you complicate it? Do you try to fix the person? Or do you try to introduce them to the one who can make them whole? See, there's a difference when we're trying to prep the ground. If the enemy is always ready to steal, kill, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that he would give life in that more abundantly. And here's on this path, we have got to prep and be prepared to give an answer for the hope we have. So keep it simple. In, in, in Where I work, we call this bottom line up front. Bluff. We also, you may have heard it as an elevator speech. You know why elevator speech? You're talking to an executive, and that's as much time as they'll give you. So it's like, as long as I'm in the elevator with you, you have the time to tell me what you need. Do you have the seed ready and ready to give in a clear, concise way that is simple? Let me give you an example. Remember there was the blind guy that got, that got uh, healed by Jesus and then got put into the, uh, to the Pharisees and got brought into the Sanhedrin. They were saying, no, you didn't. And here's what he said. Here's his seed. One thing I know. I was blind, now I see. Seed. What has he done for you? I was this, now I'm this. Simple. Straightforward. For me, it was I was in bondage, and now I'm free. The seed needs to be simple. Well, that's the first one. Second one, it goes into the rocky places. Now, the, notice that the seed actually springs up. But the rocks around it, the ground doesn't allow it to get into the, the deep roots where the soil can get the nutrients up into the plant. And what he's saying here is when you're sowing seeds don't just walk away from the seed 
you got to nurture the seed. A lot of times we think it is our responsibility to sow seeds and go, see you later. But that is not what he has called us to do. He has called us to sow seeds when we see a brother or sister sprout up. Nurture the seed. See, what happened here is that the, all of this, it couldn't, take, it couldn't take root. So all of that pressure of the world coming at them dried them out, killed them off. And here's where he's saying, wait a second, wait, where did the farmer go? It was a live sapling. All you had to do was pick it up, move it over to the good soil. Or, if you didn't have the strength to pick it up, get some of those rocks out of the way. Dig a little deeper. Plant it a little deeper. Guess what that means? We've got to nurture each other. We've got to encourage each other. The enemy is always at the doorstep to try to defeat the young. He will destroy what is not deeply rooted because the pressures of this world will happen. We've all been there. But are we willing to nurture, to take them up, to help them out, to get them through that struggle? Remember what it would have been like if somebody didn't do that for you to come alongside. See, that's what the paraclete is, the one who comes alongside. He's the encourager. The Holy Spirit is the encourager. So are we. We are called to be that paraclete, to come alongside. Well, that's the second. The third are the ones that get put into the thorns. And I, I'm just going to kind of twist this a bit because some of us are seeds planted in the thorns. See, notice what it says about this. And it's a little different than those with the shallow it's, it's, it's actually, Jesus is really interested in what he says. Then there's one who, it's in verse 22, the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. Wait a second. It doesn't say the plant died. The, the one that needed to be nurtured out of the soil, that one died. This one survives, but is unfruitful. Oh, wait a second. So that means that seeds can be planted, spring up, be followers of Christ, but be unfruitful? Yep. Exactly. Ooh, 
Ouch. And what, what were the causes of his unfruitfulness? Worries of this, of this life and deceitfulness of riches. Think about that, like basically temporary stuff. All the temporary stuff of this world didn't choke them out, made them unfruitful. Let's go back to creation. What does it mean when we're unfruitful? It's because we're not sowing seeds. So let me ask you to think in your mind, have you been fruitful? Because maybe you're that seed worried about so many things, but there's one thing that matters. There's one thing, and that's your relationship with him. Well, the last of these seeds is the one that gets onto the good soil. And the one that gets on the good soil doesn't just produce one. The one that gets into the good soil, the one that is nurtured, the one that gets rid of all those things that want to choke it out, produce 30, 60, 100 times what it, the seed, had. Like, that just tells me... I. I want to start getting rid of stuff that's choking me out. Because I want to be a person who has 30 and 60 and 100 fold of people that come to know Christ because of the seeds that I plant. <laughs> Think about this. We have several people in this room. If each one of us planted one seed that would get to the minimum 30. That's what he said. The minimum was 30. There was a 60 and there was a 100. Now, I'm not going to be like, you know, greedy or nothing. So I'll just go minimum 30. That's a lot of people coming to know Christ. One seed. Strategically planted. Simply planted. Not complicated. Not coming with a ton of baggage. Not coming with a bunch of burdens and rules and, and ways. It's coming with the good news of Jesus Christ. He has made a way where there was no way, there is nothing I could do. There was nada, zippo, zero, that I could do to get to a right relationship with God. The debt I owed, I could not pay. But he paid the debt. He paid the debt. Before I was even part of his family, before I even recognized that he paid the debt, he paid 
the debt. And that is the seed that people need to hear. They don't need to go and start trying to figure out how to get right with God. All they need to know is that right has already been made. They just need to have faith. They need to believe. And what it says about the seed of faith, for those of you who know Scripture, it says, if you have faith the size of the mustard seed, you can speak to a mountain and say, get out of here, and it moves. How much more is that faith of the one who plants the seed and says, I am going to sow to the kingdom of God. I am going to sow the good news of Jesus Christ. And the one who responds in faith will have eternal life. That's more than any mountain being moved. That's a life being changed. And that is what we're called to. We are called to be sowers of the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's an opportunity for each one of us. It's an opportunity for us to take a, a moment to think through what am I doing? Am I haphazard in my sewing? Am I just making it complicated? Or am I not sewing at all? Am I not fruitful? The one thing I want to make sure you get out of this, there are seasons to the fruitfulness. But that doesn't mean you stop sowing. And many of you may have been sowing into people's lives and there's been no response. But here's what Paul says in, in, to the Corinthian church. He says, I sowed the seed, Apollo, uh, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. There is a season for everything. And your seed planted in that soil, cultivated, nurtured, will come to pass. So as you think about that person or persons that you've been sowing the seed to that just seem like, guess what? You may never get to see the fruit. Your responsibility is to sow the seed. Somebody's going to come along to that person and water it. And maybe another one is going to speak life into it and nurture it. And maybe somebody's going to say, you know what, this, this ground needs to be soil. We need more soil. We need, we need to transplant this over here. That is why we're all in this together. You do not know what you're, who you're speaking to when you're at the store. You do not know when you're at work who has had a seed planted that is waiting for your word to actually help it grow. 
Every word matters. Every word. A person reaps what they sow. Have you sowed to the good news of Jesus Christ? Stand with me. I, um, I think the challenge is clear. And I'm the type of person that says, okay, now deal with it. <laughs> like every one of you individually have got to figure out what your situation is. Because some of you may be extremely productive. And maybe God's asking you to go from 30 to 60 or 60 to 100 just by pruning some areas. Some of us may be just not fruitful. And there's going to be some painful purification that needs to happen. But do you want to be fruitful? Or do you want to be worried about the here and now? And then there's some of us that just need to be better farmers. We need to take care of the ground, make sure we're ready to sow in a way. Do we have a simple message? Have we practiced the simple message? I mean, if, if I were to tell you, you have a million-dollar account that you're going to win, I bet you all would be practicing a whole bunch to make sure it was right. But how much more is somebody's soul for all eternity? It's a challenge for each one of us. I wish I was better at this. I'm not. I'm not. I, I wish. I just like, ah. But that's where you have to discern the season. And remember what I said way at the beginning. His will is enabled to be accomplished by his spirit his will is for you to be fruitful his will is for you to produce himself in others 30 60 and 100 fold that's his will so let's align to his will let's pray lord your grace is so amazing that you would use us to be your farmers. We have so many uh, flaws in our technique, and yet each one of those seeds planted can spring up to eternal life for someone. Lord, I... I ask that you would challenge our hearts today to be sowers of the seeds of the good news of Jesus Christ so that lives would be changed for all eternity. Just as someone sowed a seed in our life, so we do the same to others so that we might produce 30, 60, and 100-fold in the area 
of the good news. For it is good news. The right relationship with God, made by God, enabled by God, and what I need to do is believe. No more trying to figure it out. No more works, lest anyone's going to take credit. It is seeds of faith. Lord, I ask that you would challenge the hearts of everyone here, young and old, that every word that they would speak, it would matter to them, that they would hear your words and discern your opportunity that you're giving them to be a seed planter or a seed waterer. Lord, challenge us today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity of hearing your word. Now may we be doers of your word. That those who have the ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church would do so and be doers of the word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Robert. We have um, an illustration of what it looks like to live by the Spirit, to allow the Spirit to touch our lips, to redefine our plans, our schedules, our yeses, our noes. And we have the freedom to do so because an eaglet is born with its feet on the on the tree on the on a ground on a solid ground but an eaglet needs to watch its mother its father fly to know how to do what it was meant to do and so we have the spiritual life the seed that pastor robert talked about in us and who do we look to we look to the spirit to live by the spirit amen so let me encourage you with this last verse as we go and we sow the seeds of faith. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only help being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being and especially be a blessing be a blessing to those of the household of faith born again believers galatians 6 9 and 10 do what you are meant to do do what you were created to do let's go ahead and worship and respond and meditate on, on what it is that the Lord wants you to partake in this week, to be that spiritual vessel and sow the seeds of faith and spiritual living in those around you. Hey
every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. daughters, your sons, as we walk out from this place, Lord, let us be changed. Let us be renewed continually by your word. Father God, continue to speak to us because I know that you're speaking to us continually, Lord. Help us to open our ears to receive your word and to open our mouths, Lord, to sow your good word all around us. Lord, bless each and every person listening online or here in this place, Lord. Bless us as we go. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have a great week.